Today on Podcast by the Bay, current city of Brisbane Mayor Clark Conway. Brisbane's changed a lot. You know, it's changed a lot. You know, uh, different uh, different type of folks have moved in. It's become more professional. Where before, like in the fifties and sixties, it was much more blue collar. Discussing history, housing, transportation, and the future to come. Right now, the city council is. Uh, on March 1st, well, we gave uh, our staff uh, direction to take a look at the economics of what it would be for uh, 1,000 to 2,200 uh, units of housing with, uh, I think, 2 million to 5 million square feet of commercial. All on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.Liberty-RealtyInvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another Podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another rendition of Podcast by the Bay. We thank you for being with us today. And we thank you for downloading the show and for giving us your feedback and for spreading the word to all your friends. Uh, We're getting a lot of great feedback from people, so we definitely appreciate it. And we appreciate you being with us. So with that, we're going to continue our Mayor on the Peninsula series. And today's Mayor is the town of Brisbane, California, and we're going to feature the mayor, Clark Conway. And so, Patrick, you got to go up and meet uh, Clark, and can you tell us a little bit about Brisbane and a little bit about Clark? Thank, thanks, Andre. I, I appreciate it. I had a very warm interview um, with the mayor, but let's talk a little bit about Brisbane. Brisbane or Brisbane or Brisbane, unlike Brisbane, Australia, is a small city located in California in the northern San Mateo County on the slow, lower slopes of the San Bruno Mountain. It's located on the southern border of San Francisco on the northeast edge of South San Francisco and next to the San Francisco Bay and also the International Airport. The population is approximately a little under 5,000. Um, it's approximately 20.1 square miles, and uh, it, 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 it's got a lot of history. Uh, many of the... Uh, um, um, Brisbane is called the City of the Stars because of a holiday tradition which was established 65 years ago. At the start of Christmas slash Hanukkah season, many residents and business owners place large illuminated stars, some as big as 10 feet in diameter or more, in the downhill sides of the homes and offices throughout Brisbane. So many of the stars are kept around all year round. Okay. Um, there also also the water is uh, is from the Brisbane Lagoon, a remnant of the San Francisco Bay. The lagoon was formed in the construction of the U.S. Highway 
one-way causeway and has become diminished over the north and south central portions. And Brisbane sits in the southeast corner of the Guadalupe Valley. The Guadalupe Valley is a small creek which flows east through Brisbane along the north flank of the San Bruno Mountain and enters the, enters the Brisbane Lagoon after passing, passing through. Some of the little bit of history, I'm going to not bore anybody too much. The inhabitants were Costonian Indians. They built some shaped dwellings on burls and tunnels by 1776. Spanish explorers had arrived and the Franciscan missionaries soon followed, leaving numerous large land grants in the wake. With Mexican rule, the lands controlled by the mission were released to private enterprise. Brisbane was originally part of the Rancho Cañada de Guadalupe, or Visitation Erodio Iveo, a large tract of land that included the Cañada de Guadalupe Valley, also known as the Bayshore District of Daly City, or the Visitation Valley District of San Francisco, and the San Bruno Mountain. Yeah, let's do it. So anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and get to the Brisbane uh, showcase with Clark Conway, current mayor of Brisbane. It looks like it's his sixth term, right? His sixth time around, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we'll go ahead and get to that. And if you have any questions, you have any feedback, please reach out to us, podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. We're also on Twitter and um, you know other uh, all the podcast sites. So please reach out to us. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get, and uh, we'll catch you on the next time a podcast by the base. So signing off, this is Andre. And this is Patrick. And we'll catch you on the next time a podcast by the bay. Stay tuned. Good afternoon. This is Patrick with Podcast by the Bay. We have the honor of, of meeting Clark Conway. Clark Conway is the mayor of the city of Brisbane. If you could give uh, give the audience out there, and especially the people uh, in Brisbane, a little background about yourself. Where are you from, and uh, what do you do professionally? Well, I'm I'm from Brisbane, California. I was born in San Francisco, but I was delivered by a Brisbane doctor, and so uh, um, my parents lived here, and so myself and my siblings were delivered in a hospital, but lived here most of our lives. Uh, I left when I was 17 into the military and then uh, eventually came back. And uh, what else do you want to know? Okay, now, uh, what's your profession? What do you do to, to make oh, a living? Oh, it's a living? I own a uh, restaurant and clothing store. Excellent. In We're Daly City, it's a, a cultural store. And um, we sell uh, South Pacific Island cuisine for food and you know, island wear and stuff like that, CDs, uh, dry goods and stuff. Excellent. Yeah. My wife, uh, my wife runs it now, so yeah, yeah she, I have a, she enjoys it much more than I do. Yeah, I have a client that I, saw, I um, rented him a place in downtown San Bruno on San Mateo Street, and his, they're, they're both um, Indian, uh, and they have an Indian store, and they also have a pharmacy on mm-hmm. San Mateo uh, Drive in San Bruno. Um, how long have you been on the city council? Uh, I'm in my 21st year. Okay, well, congratulations on that. And uh, and uh, do they rotate the mayor here in uh, Brisbane? They do. It's a general law city, so most general law cities rotate. Some do it two years, and most do it one year. You rotate every year. You rotate every year. It, it's a little diverse on the peninsula. As you know, San Bruno elects their mayor, and then also... Uh, most of the other cities rotate it. Yeah, there's a big story behind that. I don't know if they told you that, why San Bruno rotates their mayor. Well, why don't you tell me, because I don't <laughs> think our audience knows. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, please. Well, well, from what I understand is that uh, there was an individual who was passed over 
to get his turn as mayor in 1968. And he got angry, so he did a citizen's initiative to elect the mayor. And that initiative passed, and mm. then they elected him mayor. And then uh, apparently he didn't do such a good job, so they recalled him. Oh, wow. But the initiative took place, and that's why the mayor is elected. And they haven't changed that either now. Wow. It, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good news. And uh, well, I mean, I that's don't, from what I understand. Yeah. So, yeah. Who who is Brisbane? Who was that? Can you have, do you have any idea on the history of Mr. Um, Brisbane? Yeah, there's uh, a couple different uh, theories that you know. Uh, um, there was a examiner columnist named Arthur Brisbane, and I think that it, it may have been named after him. Um, uh, you know that he really liked the town. Uh, there's also, you know, Brisbane, Australia, of course, you know, and uh, so that's kind of how the name the name somehow, started. Yeah, somehow. it used to be the city of visitation. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't really a city. It was just, you know, it wasn't incorporated, and so it became Brisbane. I think in the, I think it was in the twenties, and uh, you know, we have some history books that kind of delineates that exactly what it is, and uh, what what happened was is uh, we incorporated in 1961. And my father was on the first city council. Wow, congratulations. And how long was your dad on it? Uh, like four and a half years, five years, something along wow. those lines. So, wow. Yeah. And, well, can, what was your dad's name? Uh, Ernest, Ernest Conway. Wow, yeah. wow. Great. And that's, are you Irish or are you uh, Celtic? or? It's, yeah, Irish, uh, you know, mutt, you know, Irish, Scotch-Irish, gotcha. uh, you know, Western European, maybe. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I want to congratulate you on becoming mayor, but second of all, I wanted to congratulate you for being a public servant. That's quite a, a sacrifice. Can you tell me what you feel a public servant does or what they should live up to, so to speak, in your opinion? Yeah. Well, I could probably go back to uh, when I first ran, I, I, you know, which, you know, I really didn't want to run. It was a friend of mine that talked me into it. Um, but there was things that, uh, I felt that the community needed from community amenities, things like that, that uh, I think would make Brisbane a better town. And so I kind of focused on that and it had to do mostly with kids and youth and, you know, that type of stuff and open space, uh, recreation, um, owning a city hall, having our own building instead of renting. Uh, but for public service, I, I think it's... Uh, it's exactly what it says. You're serving the public. You know, you're never going to get anybody to agree 100% on anything, you know, but you try and make the best decisions for the greater good of the of your citizens. How do you feel the dynamics on your council? Do you think that you guys have a respect for each other and you follow Robert's rules and you do all the things right? Yeah, we do. Um, we allow, uh, we allow our, our citizens to... Uh, talk a lot, you know, uh, you know, to give community input. Uh, we do five minutes, allow them to speak five minutes and uh, uh, oral communication. Mm -hmm. I think most cities do two minutes, a few maybe three minutes, but we do five minutes. And oh, that's excellent. So uh, sometimes it, uh, uh, oral communications can get quite long, you know, but <laughs> recently uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's been pretty good. Okay, why don't we get into, you know, I, I read a little bit and try to keep up on what's happening in some of the cities. Um, 
There's been some talk on the redevelopment, and you guys are kind of redoing uh, the, the old uh, restaurant and the uh, downtown area. Is that going to be all brought, brought back together again with some restaurants and bars? Yeah, uh, you're talking about the uh, 23 Club? 23 Club, yeah, that, yeah I think so. Uh, well, it's, it, it's got new ownership. Uh, the uh, folks at DeMarco family had uh, sold it a few years back, and they owned it, I think, since 1941. Wow. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> they were leasing uh, leasing the bar and the restaurant out, and uh, it just, you know, they had so many different people that uh, tried it, and they just probably was maybe their first time running a business like that. So it never really kind of took off, and... You know, from when it was in its heyday, you know, when it used to be uh, like a, a, a country music uh, stopover, you know, back in the Is the country theme still here? I know I was mentioning uh, that my brother's first apartment was here and it was more, you know, the cowboy atmosphere in Brisbane. Does that still have a theme in here? Uh, slightly, not not like it used to. Okay. Yeah, not like it used to. I mean, you know, it's just um, Brisbane's changed a lot. You know, it's changed a lot, you know, uh, Different uh, different type of folks have moved in. It's become more professional. Where before, like in the fifties and sixties, it was much more blue collar, you know, type of, of folks. You know, that were a lot of construction workers and you know from all different levels. And uh, but now it's you know more term more white collar. I think you know. Well, excellent. Well, what big community development projects are going on in in Brisbane that, that you want to tell yeah. or talk about? Yeah, our, our our largest, of course, is uh, the Baylands. Uh, right now, the city council is uh, on March first. Well, we gave uh, our staff uh, direction to take a look at the economics of what it would be for a uh, thousand to twenty two hundred uh, units of housing with, uh, I think, two million to five million square feet of commercial. And so uh, we're going to be taking a look at that on March 1st. And that's the biggest thing on our plate right now. Uh, we've uh, approved uh, recently almost 250 units of affordable housing uh, rezoned for it. And uh, jumping back to the 23 Club, the <laughs> the parking lot there, this behind the 23 Club, right? That was approved, I think, for uh, was it 14 units of uh, senior housing? Wow! Yeah. So well, congratulations on that, and it's encouraging. I just want to have a little bit of discussion. Uh, when you say um, affordable housing, is is that going to be first time home buyer programs? And uh, how do you guys operate with first time home buyer programs? Um, well, we used to have a program, but I think it's more, this is going to be more rental, rental affordable housing type okay. of stuff done on what, uh, um, some of the income of what the people get. You know, we do have a senior housing here, but uh, the affordable housing, I think, for uh, uh, the what we zoned for was probably, um, that would be... Low and moderate income housing. You know, that, is that Section Eight or is that purchase. is that going to be Section Eight or is it going to be something like whatever the county no, decides? No, it's not. I mean, it could be, but you know, uh, 
uh, which you know, which is not really an issue for us, but you know, it, it could be. But you know, it's like what people can afford. Okay, know, so you're going to be thing. working for your housing stock. It's going to be more rentals than it. It's going to be rentals. It'll be purchase. more rentals, but there'll be some that are for sale too. You know, so that type of thing. But oh. you know, you got eight different property owners that you're dealing with. So you know, I don't know if uh, how long it's going to take. Yeah, how long it's going to take. Yeah. yeah so. Well, one of the uh, one of the uh, buzzwords that's um, up and down the peninsula a little bit. Um, and I'm just going to use an example in Foster City. Uh, they had a project, uh, Saris Regis project, and the Saris Regis project was zoned for commercial and retail. And now the developer has figured it's going to make more money and maybe work better with the city if they do regular housing. And a buzzword that they use is workforce housing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a word that you guys may use? And I, there's no real clear definition of workforce housing. It could be a police officer, it could be a teacher, uh, maybe a banker. So I, I, is that yeah. word coming up to you guys at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, that's some of the things that we're looking at, too. We're looking at doing some uh, uh, teacher housing right now. Okay, when it comes to when you're talking about how we deal with affordable housing, well, before we used to have uh, uh, $2,000 or $200,000 silent loan that we had money from a low and moderate income fund that mm-hmm. we got from a redevelopment agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd loan that money to people to try and get them into homes as mm-hmm. their down payment and stuff like that. And it had a lot of strings attached, you know, a window of how much, you know, a person mm-hmm. could make. and uh, But when redevelopment uh, went away, uh, so did that money. Mm-hmm. So, um, But now we still have some money in the fund. And we have property, mm-hmm. so we're trying to work with the uh, school district on uh, um, looking at some uh, uh, affordable housing for teachers. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. I know that's a yeah. good word. I know I just read an article that they uh, approved to close two schools in San Bruno. Yeah, um, maybe they will be using that land for teachers and campus housing. Um, we're real lucky on the peninsula, as you're fully aware, I'm pretty sure that College of San Mateo, Kenyatta College um, have all worked on campus housing for the teachers. So <clears throat> I think that's the wave, and yeah. congratulations for doing that. Um, one of the other programs that I'm noticing with most of the cities that I interview, they've gotten out of the first-time homebuyer program or with the funding and put it into a, a group called HART. Are you guys working with HART? Uh, we have uh, a member of the city council, Cliff Lentz, is on the HART board. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah. you're, not, you're not necessarily putting your funds with them to uh, help qualify or figure out the program? No, no. I mean, we didn't, we didn't really have that much funds. It's just okay. we had to land, and so we will use it towards uh, um, what we can. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah, that housing is a big thing. They, they say in the state of California we need some 180,000 Homes and that we're approximately building around thirty or forty thousand. Yeah, Hart, uh, Hart, I think is um, they're using the derivative. I think of what we used on giving giving out silent loans. I think they do one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars to help with the down payment, uh, but there's no strings attached because the person could build equity in the home. Where mm-hmm. when we did it, they they were limited on what they could because if they sold the home, they would still have to be a low and moderate uh, uh, home. So they couldn't mm-hmm. build the the equity the way real estate has gone up. You, you being in real estate, no, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. shot up the last eight years. So. 
Well, that last recession really hit us hard, and I and, and I noticed a lot of the cities, some of the people uh, in the first time homebuyer program lost their homes, yeah. uh, and as a result, the cities realized we can't go in and buy them up again because, as you were mentioning, the structure is maybe a first and a second and a small down payment to get somebody in, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, what's your? Uh, do you have any uh, a magic wand or any idea on how we could tackle this housing issue? Uh, that's a good question, because uh, one, when we say affordable housing, uh, that's one thing. Um, I think San Francisco needs to uh, take a look at their rent control. From what I understand, there's 38,000 vacant units because the landlords don't want to rent them out because of rent control. So, you know, I don't know how you would tackle something like that, but that seems to be problematic if you've got vacant units when we got a housing crisis. Boy, that's an interesting discussion. Thank you for bringing that forward. I didn't, I was not aware of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I got that information from uh, uh, Sam Carr, San Mateo County Realtors okay. Association okay. of Realtors. So, um, but, you City know, of Brisbane is, is, uh, is uh, feelings is no rent control. Is that correct? Or No, we don't have rent control. Great. And, cool. Congratulations uh, on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's probably a double-edged sword, you know. Um, I think a lot of it's kind of individualistic, you know, that uh, some landlords uh, uh, are probably more human, you know, that they have more, more compassion and not, not overly greedy. And I think you probably need more of that, but there's some that, you know, they don't care, you know. And then you right. Got, and you got, you know, the ones that are dictated to under rent control and, you know, they they don't like it. You <laughs> know, they don't they, they don't like that either. So, you know, how how you do it, I you know, I, I think I think one is you need to stop uh building so much business, you know, going up, you know, with the big skyscrapers and creating all these businesses that are doing the high tech, well, you know, you know how that goes. It goes cyclical just right, like absolutely. the economy does. Yeah. And, and what happens when uh, things go south, like when the dot-com bubble, you know, uh, you, you being in real estate, remember back then, oh, we don't have enough commercial buildings. You know, we need more commercial uh-huh. buildings. And that all of a sudden went pop. And then you had a glut of commercial buildings. And then we had and, a lot of vacancies, too. Vacancies, vacancies yeah. yeah. And yeah. the same thing, you know, may happen again, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, people are moving, people are gone, they're going to go where their jobs are. Right. With the techies, I mean, if they're making six digits, yeah. getting out of college right now, you know, they may end up, you know, you know, most of them aren't from here, and they come here, and, and then, you know... They spend their money and leave. Yeah, but then they're, yeah. they're going to go somewhere else if there's no job, right? If they get laid off, that's it. You know, they're going to go where, where the jobs are. Well, one of the things that builders are doing, as we all realize, is they're building luxury apartments yeah. and luxury uh, places that maybe they can convert into condos or townhouses down the road. Um, do you have any um, major developments happening right now in uh, condominiums or rentals that are um, being built? In Brisbane? Yeah. Um, just We just have that... Uh, uh, one right now that's approved uh, the senior apartment building. Okay, and that's the one right behind the twenty three club, the right? Twenty three club. Wow, what a and and there's going to be you know like not all of them are going to be affordable. Some of them will be you know for whatever a person makes, right? But some of them will be you know 
very low income, low right. income, and then kind of step up from there. So why don't we talk about transportation for a little bit? Obviously, it, uh, it's a major problem for all of us in the Bay Area. Um, do you see any? Um, do you have any uh, commuters, cars, or uh, stuff that you're? Uh, we did like in Foster City in San Mateo. At one point, they did something called Scoop, uh, and that's where basically the city put up some money and basically it was trying to develop carpool. Uh, the city of San Mateo and Foster City are no longer doing scoop, but they're doing something which is called commuter.org. Are you guys part of that? Yeah. Actually, I was the first chairman of the board when... <laughs> okay. Of, it's commute.org. Oh, commute.org. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, it used to be called uh, MITSMA, which is a multi-city transportation okay. agency. And I think there was seven or eight uh, North County cities that were part of that. And then there was... Itsma, which was the, more of the South County, and we combined the two, and that became the uh, Peninsula Congestion Relief Alliance. And uh, there was 15 member cities at that, and now it's morphed into Commute.org, and I think all the cities in San Mateo County now are involved in that. And uh, they run a, a, a very, very active shuttle service, and I think uh, uh, Brisbane's a major part of it, the, the shuttles that we run. And actually how uh, we do it back in 2000, 2001 when I was chairman of the board and we had a, a, a person on staff who was part of the supervisory committee. We said, you know, we should be able to run these shuttles for our citizens too because, you know, just running them back and forth, you know, just for the businesses, it seems like you're leaving a lot of people out that could be commuting too and utilizing BART and Caltrain and stuff. So we set it up where the loop, part of the loop would be is they would pick people up uh, at certain points mm -hmm. in Brisbane uh, and drop them off at BART and certain certain stations, you know, uh, along the way. And so that's kind of worked part of, part of the program. So you do kind of have a shuttle system that gets your people to the it, bus it's system? It's part of the commute.org. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's part of the commute.org, which, you know, the employers in the city of Brisbane pay money into, right, which gets their... Uh, employees to and from mostly BART. Oh, wow. But citizens of Brisbane utilize that also to go to BART. Excellent. And, That's yeah, great. That's that good. They, and it's real effective for them because sometimes uh, they could be uh, get on the get on the shuttle and they'd be downtown in uh, San Francisco in uh, 25 minutes. Wow. Congratulations yeah, on that. Minutes, yeah. And well, we've been doing that for almost what, eight, 18 years. Wow. Yeah. We on podcasts are going to be hopefully interviewing Seamus Murphy, who's a, a very good speaker yeah. and an expert on it. Uh, yeah, I know Seamus. So, yeah, yeah, you know Seamus. Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, uh, just uh, one, one other thing on transportation is... Uh, the biggest challenge, and this is, I think, for San Mateo County, is the east-west corridor. It's people being able to get to the major thing. Because we got a choo-choo a, a that's soon mm -hmm. to be electrified that, that goes linear, mm -hmm. north and south. Mm -hmm. And you got an electric train that runs in a U-shape. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and kind of spurs out a little bit. But uh, inter-county transportation is really a problem. I mean, you got... Uh, SF Muni in San Francisco, well, they skirt the outskirts of San, of San Mateo County, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Then you have AC Transit that will come from the East Bay across the bridge, then that's it. Then you got the 292 of mm -hmm. Sam Trans mm -hmm. 
Did it go downtown San Francisco, run down Bay Shore here, all the way down to Redwood City? Well, but that's it. One of the uh, statistics that just came out recently is that Sam Tram's ridership is down. Um, and when you look at it, and I talked to a few people, most of uh, we have single drivers out there. That's number one. But most of the people probably that work in the tech industry, whether they work for Apple or they work for a biotech, generally they're they're using commute buses because those commute buses are going to have nicer air conditioning they're going to have wi-fi and they may have beverages and they may have everything else so um we seem to have an older bus system that is not appealing um not appealing so much to the type of people that we have out here um is there any way do you think that we can revise that bus system or do you think that maybe it's going to go by the wayside well, no, I don't think it'll go by the wayside. I think it should be. I think it should be studied. You know, um, you know, back when Samtrans, back in the seventies, when Samtrans, you know, came to be, um, you know, you had all these micro bus systems that were kind of tailored to, you know, each little town. Mm-hmm. In Brisbane, we had one. That's that's the example I'll use. Is the Brisbane bus system, and it would use a small bus, and it would go through the hills and bring people down out to Bay Shore that they would catch Greyhound at the time. Greyhound would run north and south, you know, whether they're going to San Francisco or whether they're going down the peninsula. Wasn't that the buzzword jitneys? Um, was are you talking about the uh, jitneys? Not, not, not jitneys, but it was it was kinda like a jitney, but yeah. it was different. But okay. it was a little just this little local bus service, you know, and it was just you know, just kinda tailored for that. And so the fear was when you know, this is in Brisbane is that when Samtrans took over that you you now got a large conglomerate that is basically taking over this bus system, right, in mm-hmm. a small town. And that when financial times kind of get hard, they're going to look at, well, what can we cut? And the first thing they're going to cut is a small one. And that's exactly what happened. They say, well, it's not efficient. Well, it kind of was made inefficient because you got this big gorilla now mm-hmm. basically trying to run these small systems and said no let's cut here cut there people making uh, decisions that aren't good necessarily good for you know the uh, the breadth of the of the people so in a sense i think you take all these little microcosms of what the efficient mm-hmm. surfaces that they had that now you spread it out and it's kind of like a, a major corporation looking <clears throat> they don't really see what goes on uh and under the microscope, mm. so to speak. Well, that brings a, a really important question. Uh, on the peninsula, we really do not have a transit district. What we do is we collaborate, so to speak, um, which basically means Caltrain's, uh, BART. Everybody's fighting for those federal and state tax dollars right. based on ridership. Right. Um, what's, what's your opinion? Um, and the only thing that we, we've established on the peninsula, to my knowledge, um, Besides the commuter.org and the Clipper card, we haven't streamlined uh, the transportation so it flows much better. I think your earlier comment uh, about the east and east west, west corridor, yeah. is really, uh, it comes up all the time. Do you think eventually that the peninsula should look at having a transit district that collaborates with all of the forms of transportation? I, 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 think, we, I think we should look at it because, you know, right now is we're so autonomous that it becomes very uh, uh, 
complex for a person to transfer from one to another instead of maybe having a uniform card that you know that you can I know they do that in some areas here in the United States they do it in Japan that you know one one thing gets you through all the gates and here it's like oh you got to stop and you know and if you're like a one-time commuter you're just like so confused it's like just easier to drive get in a car or or you know or, or take a cab or something like that it's, it's you know it's very complex and so it needs to be made more usable especially for you know seniors and the youth you know to people people friendly right because you know, it's not so that might be a way of really looking at it it should be studied at least because you know we got a big body of water between you know these two major transportation hubs you know i mean you got you know uh, 880 on the east bay and you got 101 and 280 here on the west bay and you know they just go in this big circle have you guys thought thought, you know foster city believe it or not the word was out that we are actually looking at some kind of hydroplane boats um maybe a ferry system that probably would come from redwood city all the way through have you guys explored any of that ideas at all i mean uh, you know i mean not not Brisbane hasn't. Uh, right, okay. You know, I mean, we're certainly we're supportive of the ferry system, you know, landing there in South San Francisco. I know at one time back in the 60s, they were going to build a third bridge. It actually was going to land, I think, out at Sierra Point there. Wow. Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your city um, is unique in its respect that you guys do have some biotech here, is that correct? Yeah. And um, you also have um, some IT and stuff. Can you tell us what the mix is and how much, uh, you know... Yeah, we're kind of more of a food industry-based okay. based business. I mean, we have uh, Byright, uh, we got uh, A.J. Calderoni, you got Lettieri, got uh, Pacific Gourmet, we got uh, Wismatech, uh, Pitco, all these companies that are food-oriented, but we're also isolated, you know. The Brisbane's kind of a... We're kind of on an island to ourselves in a way. I mean, it's kind of... Well, it does have great weather, I'll tell you that much. It's much better than people think. Yeah, we do, but I mean... We we don't want the word to get out. If the roads ever go out, if the roads ever go out and everything like that, we'll always have food. Okay. You know, food and water. <laughs> we also have Nestle, I think, across the street that provides bottled water and everything. So, How's your infrastructure? Are you guys um, backed up of, on projects right now? I know with the community development money taken away from us by the state when we had that last recession, how are you guys uh, weathering that, so Yeah, to speak? well, we're doing, we're doing okay. I mean, you know, we... Um, you know, for our water sewer infrastructure, you know, we did some master plans back in... Uh, I'd say uh, early 2000s, uh, we had a water master plan and sewer master plan, and we just uh, recently upgraded that, and we base our capital projects off of that. And so, you know, we've uh, last year started bonding for uh, certain things that needed to be done, certain upgrades, and so, you know, we charge that back to our users, of course. And so we're getting our water and sewer is is pretty pretty good shape right now. It's getting there. Um, storm drain is the big issue. Storm drainage is uh, there's no funding for that. It's done through uh, National Pollution Discharge Elimination System NEPTES, mm-hmm. and that's on a tax roll. And I think it's only like twelve dollars per uh, um, parcel, which isn't much. And so we're putting uh, probably a hundred and Fifty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a year out of the general fund towards that, 
but we need to find a, a, a more consistent funding system for that because an empty is not going to do it. And that's that's probably the biggest challenge because roads we've been upgrading as we go along. Our, our uh, um, city engineer stays up on top of that. And we just recently did Bayshore out here, and we have a, a, a constant slurry seal program mm -hmm. every year where we do all the streets. And so uh, uh, it's a combination like, you know, one year – one set of streets gets there, and next year another set of streets gets it. And kind of like the rotation of the sidewalks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, congratulations on doing that. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want, that you've, you've been on the council 15 years? No, uh, my 21st. 21st year. Can you, is there anything, this is an opportunity for you to brag a little bit about what you've done so far, or what you feel you've accomplished. Well, it's... <laughs> it's you got to know how to count to three. I mean, because <laughs> we're a five-member council, right? So you got to know uh, how to get those other two votes. Um, but from the beginning, um, got this city hall here. Got a community swimming pool built. Uh, um, started open space and ecology committee where uh, we analyzed all our open space and actually purchased uh, over 50 acres of open space, it's a state open space, it's tied to San Bruno Mountain. Um, really revamped our recreation program, got a kids and youth agenda, and uh, you know, where the kids, you know, I think that's always the foundation of the community because there's a whole generation that has been lost. You know, the kids, the first thing they want to do is get, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But you give kids a, a, a great you know, childhood, and they have a lot of stuff to do, they're going to want to stay. And they want to stay and make their community even better, and I think that builds community. Um, uh, school programs, we, you know, uh, really uh, happy with how we connect with our local schools and stuff like that. Do you have a bus system for your high school kids, or how's that working with the high school, the kids that need to go to high school? Not very well. well is I mean, it? Do, the, do well, the families need to pay for the bus? They pay a little bit. They pay like three hundred and fifty dollars or something like that uh, per year. But uh, that's better than a thousand. Some of them down there on the peninsula are paying a thousand dollars a year to bus there. Well, let yeah. me talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. No, no problem. Okay, I entertained something that we've got the mayor wanting to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Well, okay. Well, back back in an. Uh, 1997 uh, initiated a program to where we would give money to the Jefferson Union High School District that would be utilized for advanced placement classes, uh, computer labs, extended library hours in Terra Nova because most of the kids went to Terra Nova and a late, a late bus at Terra Nova for those that had uh, extracurricular activities like athletics or you know something else that they're doing. And uh, that's why extended library hours also. And that went along great. And the uh, superintendent, Mike Crilly at the time, used to come um, every year and give us an upgrade and, you know, update of how we're doing, where, you know, we can spend it. And so it was about $65,000 a year. And around 2010, uh, the state, I guess, took the funding from the high school on, on their bus and said, we're, we can't afford it then can we put the money towards this temporarily until we figure it out? 
So now we're paying $65,000 towards a bus. And then they said, you know, within a year or two, we're out of the bus service totally. And so Brisbane then contracted with the CYO, mm -hmm. the Catholic Youth Organization, for a couple of years to provide a bus. But now the cost is up at $90,000. Wow. And... After a couple of years, CYO didn't want to do it anymore. Then we contracted with somebody else, and uh, they were kind of spotty on how they did it. And there were some issues on the bus, and so the kids going over to Terra Nova, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a, you know, a challenging ride. That's a ride. long distance. Yeah, it's a long distance, and it's a challenging ride for a bus driver, too. You know, it's not familiar. So, uh, of course, the cost kept going up and up. And so last year, we got with Jefferson High School and said, hey, look, we, we can't do this anymore. You know, you guys need to participate because this is not our purview. Uh, we can't manage a bus system. You know, I mean, we're a city, and, and you know, it, it's difficult for us to do any type of disciplinary actions on, on kids that are out of line or anything like that. But the school can do that. You know, we can't do it. And so they said, well, we don't have a bus. And then all of a sudden they did have a bus. And, the, you know, they had to hire a driver and they had to bring him from Vallejo. And there's some issues with the union. I, you know, and I don't really understand uh, uh, why it was so difficult. But now we're paying $150,000 for this, the city. And this year we said, we're out of this. We're out of the bus service. And all the parents went to uh, Jefferson School Board meeting. Because they said that they're not going to provide a bus this year. We said, we can't do it. You know, we provide the money, but mm -hmm. we can't manage mm -hmm. this. We cannot do this. We're, you know, we got so much stuff going on, we can't have our staff trying to manage a bus system where you, you basically don't have any teeth to, to regulate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the uh, uh, parents and four members of the city council, which included myself, showed up at the meeting and and voiced her opinion on it, and I was the last speaker, and I left it that, well, let's see if we can work together to come up with a solution. Mm -hmm. uh, but so far that hasn't happened. Um, so this is an ongoing discussion right now? an ongoing now. discussion. Okay. Some parents have been talking with Seamus Murphy down at uh, Samtrans to see if they can get a, a Samtrans loop to go to Pacifica, and they said they may have to rearrange one from San Bruno. They may try it for a year. That's still something that's uh, uh, kind of in the works. It's, it's fluid, I guess you could call it. Well, you know, for some reason, it, 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 it strikes me that it would be more for the benefit of the school district and for the transportation that the school district pay for a bus system and get, get the parents off the road, so to speak. Um, I know just as an example in Foster City, 30 to 35 percent of our traffic in the morning is mom and dad taking their kids to school, which greatly impacts the police and fire. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I would hope we come up with a solution. Yeah, but, they, they they said that they can't afford it. Oh, wow. That's the Jefferson High School District. So Well, said, we got to keep it. Well, I'm, I'm impressed that you're pushing for democracy, and that's what you're doing. You're, you're getting the parents, and you're getting yourself behind it. So keep up the fight. And again, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, we want to thank you for the time that you've given us. The falling leaves 
drift by my window. The autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips. The summer kisses. The sunburned hands. I used to hold. Since you went away, the days grow long. And soon I'll hear old winter's song, but I miss you most of all, my darling. When autumn leaves start to fall, Thanks to Joseph DeVito for that beautiful rendition of the song Autumn Leaves. And also accompanying him on piano was Leo DeVito. Now just a little background about that track. Joseph DeVito was 82 years old when he sang that track. About a year and a half before he had passed away. And so we are blessed that he was able to share his music and his soul with with us and now i'm sharing it with you guys so there you have it joseph devito with leo devito and uh, you can check out more at highway soul music on the highwaysoul.com webpage. all right stay tuned we'll catch you on the next time of podcast by the bay stay tuned Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email 
at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.